Welcome to Two Sides and a Biscuit. I'm your first side, Paul Schroyer. And I'm that second side, Rick Wimmer. This is the weekly Limp Biscuit tribute podcast where we talk about life, Limp Biscuit, and then Rick gives us a recipe at the end. So thanks for joining us for another exciting episode. Uh, Rick, how's it, how's it going? It's going. Um, so I believe on the last uh, podcast I talked about a cat. Like yeah, yeah, you just yeah, you just got a cat uh, last week or something like that. Right, and so like we were told when we got the cat that it was a female cat, and um, my stepdaughter named it Matilda and so like we were sitting there thinking like you know we I believe uh, it was a um, Facebook or um, Craigslist or something like that that we got them from I don't know my wife did it Um, and like we went and got it they told us it was a female and so we come to find out recently that it is actually a male cat. Um, so we're we're not sure exactly what we're gonna call it anymore. Like <laughs> I, I don't know if he wants to be Matilda or if he's uh, looking for a different name. You yeah, know, you could call it Matt. Well, right. It's weird given like pet. Like real human names, even though Matilda is like a a human name, but that's I mean that's a good pet name. I feel like Matilda is a good pet name. Matt, I, I don't know. <laughs> right, and I mean we had Wraith or we have Wraith, and um, is that a female cat? Or? No, that that's actually a male cat. They're both black. Um, Matt. Matilda, uh, whatever you want to call him, he's got a white patch. Or strangely enough, right in his crotch. Like you're really, <laughs> come on, guy. Like, but it, you know, um, Wraith though is a male cat. He's all black. They're both pretty much all black. Um, and like my wife was going for like Wraith Matilda, kind of, because Matilda's kind of a witchy yeah, kind of name right. with the black cat and everything, and then like, but um, what? What's the name of the dude in Hocus Pocus that gets dug up and oh, they put the stitches on his mouth? Right. Um, my wife would kill me right I, I now because say, I don't know. You, she's um, obsessed with that movie. Right. She loves that movie. Jenkins? No. No, 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 no. It's, um... I'm looking it up right now. Bilbo Baggins. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's... I, no, it's definitely not Bilbo wrong movie. Baggins. Right, right, right. right. Um, Let's look up the cast. I'll figure it out here in a second. But I think that was... a. I'm not Thackeray Binks. No, that that is the cat. He's the boy that gets turned into a cat. That's that a good back. name. Binks. Right. That's a good a name. lot of people though use that name for their cat because of their love of that movie. Um, Billy. Butch- yes, Bur- Billy Butcherson. Billy Butcherson. Yes. yes, that is his name. Uh, but I don't think he's going to be Billy. Maybe like, Butch? Uh, I don't know. It's possible. 
I I was just thinking because yeah, your wife is obsessed with Hocus Pocus. I just thought maybe that would be a good name since it's a boy. I don't know. Right, but we did get it for Azura, and so like we kind of like are wanting to let her name it. Well, and ho- hopefully next week you can come back and let us know if it's got if he's got a new name. If if he's still Matilda, or if um, he he has a little bit more masculine name, <laughs> like. Uh, whatever I I can whatever. definitely uh, you know I I can dig it whatever way like uh, right I don't think the cat's gonna know right it's <laughs> just like it's one of those things where I've seen um, a meme or whatever where it's just kind of like uh, so what's your name and so what you're really asking is what noise do you want me to make to call right, you right pretty much yeah. Man, you really like your memes. We're going to have to have a new segment on this show. Last week you were talking about memes. We're going to have to have Rick's Memes Corner or something like that where you get your meme of the week out. Right. I mean, <laughs> I, we could. We could definitely. I'll, I'll get some recipe memes or I don't even know. But like, No, nobody's here for the memes. They're here for the Limp Biscuit. Right. It's really funny, too, because like, you have to see a meme right. to really <laughs> understand it. Like. So this week, uh, we decided, you know, we're four episodes in right about now, and we haven't talked about Limp Biscuits number one hit that pretty much put them on the map right like if you don't know this song then you don't know limp biscuit it's just flat out like if you've never heard this song if you've never had anyone tell you like oh you need to listen to this limp biscuit song then you you're not gonna have any idea what we're talking about right. today, but I'm pretty sure everybody knows exactly what song we're right. talking we're about. We're talking about the 1990. Well, there's a little discrepancy. Some things saying it was released in for on the three dollar bill y'all album in 1997, but others are saying it was released in October of 1998. So I rem- I think I remember seeing the I think the video came out in 98. I want to say I remember seeing it in 98. That's a good possibility because I know it was on three dollar bill. Yes, you know I know what that. I mean. Like it for sure is on that CD. And the music video was just so simple. It was them in between. They shot it on tour. They were like in between two tour buses, and that's just the music video. It's just them in between two tour buses shooting this video it that, was pretty good right i mean that that sounds like a music video that like we would have done like back in the day right. like just something for because we had a camera and not everyone had a camera in right. their pocket at that point in time so you know we used to go around and do stuff like that record videos things like that and um i do remember a few times between some buses in um band where you know we we definitely did some crazy stuff like that right so we're just gonna get let's just get right into this let's enough bullshitting about your cat (laughs) and yeah yeah definitely that cat is gonna be i'm sure we'll have more cat stories to come uh like i said next week fill us in if you figured out a new name or not
Will maybe, do. Maybe Fred Durst. Just throwing out Wes. Call it Wes after Wes Borland. I don't know. Right, that would lethal? be... Lethal? Name it Lethal? After DJ Lethal? Yeah, I could get behind that, but I don't know how much um, my daughter will be behind <laughs> that. Like... Right. Though she does love bad guys. Like, it's so lethal, you know, kind Good. of a name of a bad guy. Just, we can make it work. Right, just suggest it. You're right. So we're going to do something a little different than what we normally do. Because we feel like, you know, this part of the show, we always, uh, we break down and analyze Limp Biscuit's lyrics for their song. But technically... This isn't Limp Biscuit's lyrics. They're uh, George, George Michael's. Michael's. Right. Because yeah. this song was released in 1987? I think it was, actually. Hold on. Let's see. Yes. George Michael Faith, 1987. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then this came out a year later. A year later, ten years later, <laughs> it came out ten years later, and yeah, I mean, and I mean, pretty much Limp Biscuit started in 1994, so they weren't really. I mean, they were getting big uh, prior to this. They were making waves, but once this music video for Faith came out, that was it. That was the moment that Limp Biscuit just blew up and yeah so we're going to talk about it but like i said we're not going to do the same what we're going to do is we're still going to analyze it um break it down but we're going to go verse by verse on george michael's version and limp biscuits version and we're going to see the similar similarities and if there's any differences if they just straight copied the original lyrics and put an awesome rock beat behind it or you know did they change some of the lyrics up to make it fit you know more rock more modern right i mean it's um i've never actually looked into the lyrics or even really heard the george michael version oh really so, right i've never actually listened to it so i can't it's say. more mellow for oh, sure. I'm sure. Like, that's one of those, like... It was the I, 80s. George Michael, he was out there in his tight jeans and his little guitar, a little acoustic guitar, and shaking his ass. You know, he's, that's that's pretty much the song right there. Right, I mean, it really is. Like, that. Um, I mean, you could even put Fred Durst kind of in that... Um, like that mm. picture of like you know chicken and you, you whatever know, that else. Be, that would be interesting to take Fred Durst's vocals, put them over top of George Michael's instrumentals. So you'd have to slow down, probably slow down Fred Durst a little bit, because I think he sings it a little faster. I'm not sure if the the BPMs are the same or not, but. Uh, you know, I think it would be interesting to hear Fred Durst over the original George Michael music. Right, that would be really interesting. Um, the, you know, you could even meet halfway, like, you know, speed up, well, slow down the lyrics, speed yeah, up the, the music. music, and you just would, kind yeah. of... 
You would have to do something to equalize it, like set a BPM for both the music and the lyrics. I don't know if there's a program out there that can do that, where you can like set the BPM and it like adjusts. I imagine they do that because like techno songs and stuff do that shit all the time. Right. So you set the BPMs the same for the uh, the vocal track and the BPM for the music track, and then they should match up. You would just have to pick what sounded, what speed sounded the best with the music, because you don't want the music to you don't. You know what I'm saying? You don't want it all fast like that, but then you don't want Fred Durst like. And you gotta have faith. You know, but what it I'm wouldn't saying? even be like faith. It would be like faith. Like right. It just it would be. It would. You're right. That would. You would definitely have to do some more. Kind of happy. On, right. Yeah. yeah. But that is an interesting idea for sure. Maybe I'll get around to that. <laughs> right. Maybe yeah. one of those days eventually. Uh, if anybody else uh, would. Gets a hold of that, you can email us at two sides biscuit. That's the number two sides with a Z and biscuit spelled like limp biscuit at gmail.com. Two sides in a bit. Nope. Two sides, two sides biscuit. biscuit at gmail.com. Or head over to magicscrollnetwork.com. You can find us that way. Right. It's definitely there at Magic Scroll. That would be cool. We would fucking. If you wanted to remain anonymous, Put it in the email. We won't give your name out there. Otherwise, we're going to praise you up and down. So, Speaking of up and down, let's get into these uh, lyrics. Or, you know what? Let's go ahead. We'll take a quick break. And we're about at the midway point here. Last week's episode was a little long. I don't think this episode's going to go that long. Right, but I mean, last week's episode was, you know, we were talking about the truth. And, you know, it... It really did kind of like have a lot more meaning behind substance, the lyrics, yeah. substance behind the lyrics, especially hey, nowadays. You never know. There, we could break this down. Right, so, that is very true. We states, could have the most amazing breakdown and just like no. The lyrics for this song are freaking amazing. Right, I still feel like Nookie has the most in-depth lyrics but we'll find out after these messages well hopefully there's messages here if not you'll just come back to us (laughs) all right and we're back you have a nice poop there rick well i mean it it, i had to have faith (laughs) (laughs) don't we all Right, I mean, it's very true. Like, you gotta have faith either in yourself or something. Because if you don't have faith, then you're... Then what are you doing? Right, and you're probably not going to make it very far. Alright, so the way this is going to work is I'm going to read the Limp Biscuit lyric. And then Rick is going to read the George Michael lyrics. And we're going to compare them. So... Uh, let's see how they've got that breaking down. Yeah, we'll go stanza by stanza. So that's a stanza, that's a stanza. Got it? Alright, let's that's do it. this. So, Limp Biscuit. <clears throat> well, I guess it would be nice if I could touch your body. I know not everybody has got a body like me. 
So what's George Michael? Well, George Michael, actually, very similar, but, uh, well, I guess it would be nice. If I could touch your body, I know not everybody has got a body like you. Oh, whoa, wait, hold on. So, hold up. This is, like, mind-blowing to me because this is almost like a look into Fred Durst's narcissism. Very true. Like, because, uh, like, yeah. George Michael is saying, like, damn girl, like, I, I've seen a lot of people and ain't nobody got a body like you. Well, in his case, guy. But whatever. It doesn't right. matter. But Fred Durst is like, Psh. And then he's like, I want to touch your body because I know ain't nobody as hot as me. Ain't nobody got a body like me. Like, what the fuck? It's so bad, too, because, like, it even goes into, like, almost, like, rape culture where it's, like, guys are just kind of like, yeah, I, I, I'm I that good looking Dude. that you should want this right now. Right, and this is, like, and late 90s where rape culture was, like, huge. Right, and, you know, yeah. In media, right. at least, it was a big thing. And uh, one of my favorite songs that we're going to get into later on in the podcast is so super rapey. It's um, it's real creepy, but I, I the, the song itself is a good song, but like, yeah, we're going to get into that later. Let's keep going with this. So, so far, Fred Durst is way more narcissistic than George Michaels. Definitely. So, next stanza. But I got to think twice before I give my heart away. And I know all the games you play because I play them too, too. Don't bullshit a bullshitter. Right, and um, George Michael is the exact same on that one. Okay. So they're pretty much both saying, like, you know, don't bullshit a bullshitter. Like, let's just be straight up. Uh, You know, I've been hurt before, so I can't just automatically give you my heart. So, you know, I'm going to think twice a little bit about this. So then he goes in, oh, but I need some time off from that emotion. Time to pick my heart up off the floor. When that love comes down. Yeah, I'm going to keep going because it kind of fits in. Because this is like a whole little flow thing. You know, he's like, But I need some time off from that emotion. I can't sing. Sorry, guys. But then he goes, Without devotion. Well, it takes a strong man, baby. But I'm showing you that door. Well, I got to have faith. So let's see what Fred Durst says. Or no, I'm sorry. George Michaels. That's what Fred Durst says. Right, uh, George Michael is uh, very similar. Um, oh, but I need some time off from that emotion. Time to pick my heart up off the floor. Oh, when that love comes down without devotion, well, it takes a strong man, baby, but I'm showing you that door because I got to have faith. Huh, so he says, because I got to have faith. Fred Durst says, well, I got to. Hey, that's a small. That could be a typo on one of the sites where, like, you know what I'm saying? But So that part's pretty much the same. It's just the only difference in the first verse so far was the narcissistic, nobody's got a body like me. Right, yeah. Which is huge. It, it really that small is. small word like, is yeah. fucking, that's so crazy. I never realized that. So then they go into the chorus. Uh, Maya says, repeated three times, got to have faith. Gotta have faith. You gotta have faith. And the funny thing about that, the part where it says, well, I gotta have faith, 
grow when I was younger listening to that song, I always said he thought he said rock gotta have faith you know like rock it's time to rock you gotta have faith but no that's not what he was saying at all yeah it, <laughs> it wasn't i mean it, it makes sense though, i guess like you know the rock you gotta have faith to trust in the rock and roll right. you know? like uh but it's yeah okay. i gotta have faith george michael says the same with his for those lyrics that's funny, because, uh, yeah, Fred Durst doesn't, like, give it, like, a I. He's, he just leaves it with, gotta have faith. Really? Yeah, he doesn't okay. say, I gotta have faith. He's just, like, gotta have faith. Like, in a generalized, more, not a big, huge difference on that, but. So then well, we go. But okay. but when you when you look at it because you know the the next verse because he's saying I've got to have faith because you're asking me to stay say please 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 don't go away you say I'm giving you the blues whoa okay okay like, say the so next line what's I've the next line after that maybe maybe you mean every word you say okay. can't help but think of yesterday. And another w who tied me down to lover boy rules. Okay. Now let's stop there, because this is Fred Durst. Baby, I know you're asking me to say, stay. Say, please, please, please don't go away, because you're giving me the blues. Maybe you might mean all the words you say. Can't help but think of yesterday and another who tied me down to the lover boy blues. So, two differences. When George Michael says, uh, where's it at? The I'm giving you the blues. Yeah. You say I'm giving you the blues. And then on his it says, you say, please, please, please don't go away because you're giving me the blues. I think it's the same thing. It's just different perspectives. I think he's... Because this is in quotes. I think he's saying, like, she's saying, you're giving me the blues. You're... Wait, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it's... It really is just those um, different pronouns. Yeah. Are changing the song so much where it's like... George Michael was like... I'm kind of a dick. Right. And, like, I want you to stay with me. But... No, no, she's asking him to stay, but he's got this baggage from this past relationship of, uh, you know, like he says, he can't help but think of this past relationship where he was tied down to the lover boy. And rules and blues right, could be another that is, title. Right, that is a valid point. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Right. He's you like... Tie me down to the lover boy so I, rules or the lover boy blues. It's like, the same yeah. Yeah, the same thing. So I don't think he's saying I was a, I'm being a dick. I think he's more saying like I have commitment issues and you're wanting me to commit to you and I can't do it. Right. And they're definitely both saying that. I will give yeah. you that much for sure. Like they're both definitely saying like look this is you want me to commit to something that i am not feeling right now now here's an interesting difference fred durst says 
before this river becomes an ocean, before you pick my heart up off the floor. But what does George Michael say? George Michael says, before this river becomes an ocean, before you throw my heart back on the floor. So, he's saying like, okay, I can't get tied down to this, George Michael's saying, I can't get tied down to this relationship, I've got this baggage, and, you know, I don't want, I don't want to cry, the river becomes an ocean, I don't want to cry, and because you broke my heart. He doesn't want to cry because she broke his heart. That's what he's saying. I can't commit. Right? right. The 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 George Michael almost makes it seem like um, before you throw my heart back on the floor. Kind of like maybe he's taking these experiences from his like the the past in this relationship with that person. Yeah, he's definitely carrying baggage over. Right, and Fred Durst kind of seems like. He might be. Maybe it's not this relationship that's giving him the baggage. No, it's you it's definitely I mean? it's. I think both of them. It's definitely a past relationship that they're carrying over into this new relationship. They don't want to commit because they're afraid they're going to get their heart broken. But George Michael is saying, you know, I don't want to cry. You know, I don't want this to happen. I got to stop this before I cry, before you rip my heart out of my chest and just throw it on the ground. Whereas Fred Durst is saying, like, you know, I don't want to do this. You know, I got to make, I got to stop before I cry and before you have to fix the mistake you made, pretty much, or the fix, you hurt me, so you have to pick my heart back up off of the floor. Like, that's a little bit more narcissistic than George Michaels. Don't you you think? True, but it does also show that they both are saying that this person, like, she, in Fred Durst's lyrics, she has to pick it back up off the floor. For him. Right. Whereas with George Michael, um, she's just breaking his heart. She's ripping his heart out of his chest and throwing it on the back on the floor. Right. Like she is just saying, you know, she hurt him. Right. Like it's kind of the 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 past. The it, it almost the, sounds like. Fred Durst's relationship is a more of a an abusive type of relationship where she's hurting him, but he won't leave, so she has to pick up his heart and fix it. Whereas George Michael's more saying like, eh, "You're just gonna break my heart. I don't want you to break my heart." Yeah, I don't know. kind of. Yeah. Let's go um, on. Uh, we're almost done with the second verse, anyways. Uh, so Fred Durst says, when our love comes down, oh wait, no, I think I'm skipping. Right. No, no, I wasn't. Okay, so pick my heart up off four. When our love comes down without devotion, well, it takes a strong man, baby, but I'm showing you that door. I gotta have, well, I gotta have faith. I think you scrolled a little bit too far. It's right there. Oh, baby, I reconsider. Uh, okay. So yeah, his. Yeah. So, so it, yeah, kind of different. similar, but it, it is a little bit different. Oh, baby, I reconsider my foolish notion. Well, I need someone to hold me, but I'll wait for something more. 
Yeah, and then it just goes and gotta have faith. So, yes, I gotta have faith. So yeah, I mean this this segment is like way different. George Michael is taking responsibilities. Like he's saying, like I've thought about this. Like I was a fool to let this relationship get this far. But I need someone to hold me. But sorry, girl, you're not the you're not the one. Right. You've thrown my heart on the floor too many times, right. and so I'm not gonna keep doing this. Right. So he's like kind of taking some, uh, what is that responsibility? Like personal. Like he reconsidered his foolish notion. Whereas Fred Durst is it seems like he's putting all the blame on the other person. He says, when our love comes down without devotion, saying when our love falls, it crashes, I'm going to be a strong man. Sorry, I'm showing you that door because I got to have faith. I can't be in this. So he's taking all the blame off of himself, pretty much saying that this this relationship's going to crash, even though it's probably going to crash because of the baggage that they're carrying over from their previous relationship. And... Yeah, I mean, it's... Right, that's very true. Like, they... In the Limp Biscuit version, it's definitely Fred Durst kind of... No, not even kind of. Like, it definitely yeah. narcissistic, where it's like, no, just no. Like, this is not my fault. Like, we, right. we both came into this together. Yeah. It didn't work out. I so might have had some more be, baggage. Right. It's still not Maybe my fault. Just a little bit. It's still not my fault. Right. And so I'm going to go ahead and show you this door because I'm a strong man. Right. With a body. Dude, you ain't never seen a body like me. Right. Nobody. Like. He knows nobody's got a body like him. Yeah. So then they just repeat, got to have faith out to the end. And, well, except for... Uh, uh, Fred Durst has uh, Limp Biscuit does a little rock out, and uh, he goes get the fuck up, and then they jam out. Whereas I think George Michael looks like he repeats the chorus a little bit. Yeah, more. George Michael does just kind of going to the chorus. And it looks like he repeats the verse again. Um, because I gotta have faith. I'll just wait because I've got it. No. Yeah, he George Michael goes back into before this river becomes an ocean, before you throw my heart back on the floor. Oh, oh, baby, I reconsider my foolish notion. Well, I need someone to hold me, but I'll wait for something more because I got to have faith, faith, the faith. Uh, got to have faith, the faith, the faith. Whereas Fred Durst is like, get the fuck up. Here, Rick, you do it. Get the fuck up. Right. So that's faith. Uh... Yeah, Nookie's still, still the more, most it deep lyrics Limp Biscuit has. I'm still saying it. We're four episodes in. I might be proven wrong at some point, but I doubt it. All right, Rick. Any final, any final thoughts on Faith? It's a good song. Love it. Right. I mean, everybody loves that song, like because it really is just. Both of them, really, honestly, are just showing, like, how you have to take a relationship and be like, look, this is some BS. Like, you took my heart 
and you threw it on the floor, and I cannot do this anymore. That's funny, because, okay, so we are kind of looking at this song from two different perspectives. Because I'm looking at it like he's protecting himself because he got hurt in the previous relationship, so therefore he's he's having more faith in himself, and he's protecting himself from this new girl, and he decides, I'm going to end this before it gets to where it was prior. Whereas you're kind of saying, like, this chick he's been, he's with, has hurt him before, and he's finally like, I'm done with it. Right, I think that's kind of the difference between the George Michael and the Limp Biscuit version is because George Michael was more like, look, this is like, you keep hurting me, but I gotta have faith in this, but I can't anymore. See, I that's so funny because I think it's flip flop. If any one of them saying that, I think what? Limp Biscuit is because because the simple line where George Michael says, "You threw my before I gotta end this before you throw my heart back on the floor." Well, he says back on the floor. Right, that's exactly what it was. That was like. He's so, been yes. hurt yeah, multiple okay, times okay, from the it. same person. Whereas Fred Durst is like, this has happened to me before. So before we get to the point where we're trying to make up and like you pick my heart back up that you just ripped out and I try, I forgive you and blah, blah, blah. We're just going to end this now because I already know where the fuck this is going. But they both still say that they've got to have faith. And that's the one thing that it's like, I... It's so hard to decide when you give up that faith. Like, I mean... And it doesn't it, have to be religious. Right. It the does faith not, in the relationship is really what we're talking about. Faith in yourself. Faith in your partner. Faith in just... Every, every, like, the pot, faith in this podcast. You right, know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it's just faith. You just gotta have it, bruh. Right, because it... Otherwise, you're picking your heart back up off the floor. You right. know? Like, it just... It, it goes down bad after that. So, now it brings us to one of my favorite parts of the episode. Rick's Recipes. And before we get into Rick's Recipe, do you want to kind of explain why we picked Faith for this recipe? Or... Because, okay, behind, behind the scenes on how we come up with the recipes and the songs, sometimes, like, we'll have a song. More than likely, the way it's been going is we'll have a recipe first, and then we build what song we're going to talk about off of what recipe Rick has. Uh, right, that is very true. You know, every now and then it is kind of like... Uh, the other way around. Like, I want to do this song, come up with a recipe for this song. Right, but right. that that doesn't happen very often. It's kind of been like... It happened I, the first episode for Nookie, because that was an easy one. Because he says, I did it all for the Nookie, so you could t- take a cookie. So it was clearly obvious we needed to do a cookie recipe for that one. But that was the only one, wasn't it? Right, yeah, pretty or much. Counterfeit. Like, well, I Counterfeit, I kind of... Because like, you put, picked the fake I, Frosty. I, right, I, I went with the recipe first, and then I was like, okay, 
Okay. Makes sense to sense to go with counterfeit because it's like that fake frosty and like you know, um, but this one, the whole reason behind it was like, well, really, I just love German food, right. and so like I wanted to put out my uh, kielbasa and um, sauerkraut. Right, sauerkraut, and it, it's Heineken-based, and it's cooked in a slow cooker, and so, like, if you have kids, this is probably not a good recipe for you, <laughs> but, you know, it... Make, for, make for them some adults, Chef Boyardee while you <laughs> make this for you guys. Right. But before you get into the recipe, you said it was a German-based recipe. So what I did when he told me the recipe was I was like, all right, let's see what... Is Limp Biscuit's number one German song? Now I don't know what the name of the news site is that did this article, where I looked it up because it was in German and I don't speak German. But needless to say, the number one Limp Biscuit song in Berlin is "Faith" of all time is "Faith" by Limp Biscuit, and we're like, well, fuck, that's the number one, probably the number one Limp Biscuit song in the United States, too. Right, like, anywhere and everywhere. That's like, they're... If, if anyone says Limp Biscuit, the usually the first song that comes to anyone's mind is Faith. Faith with Fred Durst, and he's got the ba- baseball cap backwards. Right, yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. So, that, that's kind of how we came up with this song this week. And now Rick is going to tell you a little bit about how to make this amazing Heineken, kielbasa, and sauerkraut. Now, for this, you have to really love, like, all of those ingredients. Um, But basically, what you do is you take and you... You can use either russet potatoes or red potatoes, up to you. Um, But... I prefer the red potatoes. I'm not sure exactly why, but that is what I prefer. Um, so I take about um, seven to ten, depending on size, and I quarter them up, or you know, more than that, depending on how big you want them. You want them in about bite-sized pieces. Um, and so what you do is you take the potatoes you put them in the bottom of your slow cooker and then you layer sauerkraut on top of the potatoes um i like to add mustard um pepper and salt to taste and then you know whatever kind of seasonings you really want um but you got to think about it as, you know, this is going to be sauerkraut, kielbasa, and potatoes. Um, it, mustard being the most important. Um, and then you continue on from there. The real trick, though, is make sure those potatoes are in the bottom. Because when you go ahead and you put the Heineken um, on top, and so you put the potatoes down sauerkraut this is in the slow cooker right of course yeah yeah you just this is one of those that you uh, if you've got and forget it uh, right (laughs) if you've got a timer 
to put on your slow cooker, awesome. Because it only really takes, you know, uh, four hours or so. So, like, if you go to work, you can't really... I mean, there might be ways to do it, but I haven't found the way yet that you can put it in for eight hours and not have to worry about it. Could A little you, bit more Heineken, maybe, and you'd be okay. Could you cut the temperature down? Uh, Cook but, it, like, half temperature? But even if you're only cooking it for four hours, you still just want to put it on low and cook mm, for the four hours. Because, okay. you know, kielbasa is one of those things that... Is a sausage, and so it cooks fairly quick. Ground beef, spices, things like that, all wrapped up in a, a tube of whatever kind of right. tube they use. You know what I mean? So it, it doesn't take too long to cook. You just want to make sure the potatoes aren't hard. Um, but you, the really is like mustard is the thing. I don't know why, but. Germans just love mustard. Do you use the powder or the like actual like a like Heinz mustard? Well, not Heinz, but French mustard or whatever. Yellow mustard, I don't use. You know, the vinegar and all that is not added in. I just use the powder. Okay. Um, and that's some good advice. You know, if you want a little bit of zest, z some zing. Is that a word? I don't think that's a word. You know, zing is definitely a word. That's what are you zang. talking about? Z-A-N-G. <laughs> well, it's I probably don't... a name, but I doubt it's a word. Right. <laughs> like, I... But you get what I'm saying. You want a little, a little pep to your flavor, throw some mustard powder in there. Right? Of course. That's one of those, like, there's two ingredients, two seasonings that I think people... Forget about all the time. One of them is mustard. The other one is cinnamon. As strange as that sounds, I I live in Cincinnati. Right, so I was going to say, we're like, from Cincinnati. Right, we like, put cinnamon in our chili. We ain't afraid to put cinnamon in some shit. But I will say one seasoning that I've noticed that people go heavy on is pe paprika. Because paprika will make anything tastes like paprika so if you want so, like pretty much like if you want to make something and have it seem like it tastes good even though it's like no flavor whatsoever to whatever you're making throw some fucking paprika in there am i right or am i wrong about that i i, I am one of those like i just go and i kind of Pick spices dependent upon what kind of meat it is. Right. Uh, which why, which is why with something like this, like mustard is big, uh, garlic. Definitely. Yeah, garlic for sure. I mean, garlic is one of those that like it, your dish doesn't have garlic in it. What what kind of savory dish is this? Yeah. Like for real. But, I don't know, every time I eat anything with paprika in it, it takes me back to, like, school days. Because the school pizzas, like, literally all they were was, like, a bread cheese with paprika under the the cheese. And so all you ever tasted was the paprika when you ate the fucking school pizzas. And everybody, I mean, I thought they were good. Everybody thought they were good. But when you get older and you're like, why doesn't real pizza tastes like school pizza is because they just put paprika on it to, to act like there's flavor to it 
<laughs> right, I mean, it's very true. Like, paprika is definitely one of those spices that is in just about everything. Everything. I think it's used too much on it. I'm not a big paprika fan myself. I'd rather put some pepper. So, I mean, maybe it's because I'm white, but I'd rather just put some pepper and salt on it and leave, <laughs> leave it at that. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> right, like I, I'm actually more of a spice fan. Well, I like, I like I spicy used food. Like right. I like spicy food. So instead of paprika, um, what I use a lot of the times is chili powder. Chili powder, because yeah. I, I don't know, just the the difference in the flavors. Like paprika is good, and like when I make taco seasoning, of course I use paprika. Do you? No. Yeah. Take it out like, of there. No. Because all you're doing is you're just making tacos that taste like paprika. There's no other flavor no, to no, it. No, 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 Like, there's not a lot of paprika. Like, it, No, you but, don't need it, Rick. I'm not a master <sighs> chef like you, but I am telling you right now, take the paprika out of there. Take it out. Throw some something else in there. You're going to have more flavor. You're going to experience more flavors. The paprika masks almost everything. In my book, that's all I can taste. See, people say that about cilantro, too. Like, where it's like... I can my see dad. basil. Basil is another one that's real strong. You will mask a lot of your other flavors if you use way too much basil in it. Right, and like some people, like with cilantro... They actually taste it like it tastes like soap. Like they literally hmm. do. And like I I don't want to like spoil anything for anyone, but like next time you eat cilantro, think about it. Think about soap and think about the cilantro and like it, you can taste it. It's not always like, "Oh my god, I can't eat this," but you can like kind of make that connection. Um, sorry if I ruined that for anyone, but it, it, let me know in the emails and I will stop talking about how cilantro <laughs> tastes like soap. If you think Rick's an asshole, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, share, share the podcast with a friend. Just one friend, that's all we're asking. Uh, yeah, make, make Rick's Heineken Kielbasa sauerkraut. It sounds easy. It sounds like something I can make. Which, if I can make it, anybody can make it. The trick is to put the potatoes on the bottom. Because the potatoes soak up all the Heineken. And then it's all cooked. So, like, you just... And because it's in a slow cooker, it's all concealed. So, so you okay. don't lose that much alcohol. Like, normally they say okay. when you, like, burn it, it right. burns off the alcohol. But you don't lose that much it's alcohol because like it's in the slow cooker. Uh, putting like the fruits in the vodka and letting them soak in the vodka type thing. But yeah, you're not letting but... it soak in the potatoes. You're just, I mean, it is soaking into the potatoes, but you're not leaving it overnight to right. soak. Right, and it's not an absurd amount. Right. You put like a half a cup of Heineken in there. You don't put a ton in there. You just put enough in to keep your slow cooker moist so it doesn't stick to the sides i think that's good i think this is i think we did it another week week I, four i really wanted to like just cut it off right at the cilantro tastes like soap i might go back and edit it to where the podcast is just like rick like now yeah think about it now every time you eat cilantro your shit's gonna taste like soap good night like that's but i don't know probably not <laughs>
Right, we had uh, more conversation after that, and like, it's, it's. I think it's actually I'm a genetic to. thing. Like honestly, oh, yeah, it's I've a heard genetic it's thing. A, it's you a, know what I mean? Something to do with a part of your brain, but I can't really remember the thing. But like, yeah, you taste and smell certain things. Taste and smell, like something completely different right like coffee and mint it's actually another thing where it's like because the atoms are so close like the the mm. chemical connections are so close that some people taste it like this and you said your dad's like, like this. that yeah my dad hates cilantro with a passion and he my if my mom makes salsa and she puts cilantro in it, why would he you will put cilantro in salsa? Well, you know, I mean that's what you're supposed to do. Like uh, most salsa recipes again, say cilantro. Look again, I'm not a chef. I own really my wife does all the cooking because I'm ter- I can't. I will fuck up box macaroni and cheese. All right, let's be real here. Now unless Blue Apron wants to take this challenge and sponsor us. Then you can see, you know, send me some free blue aprons and I'll see if I can cook that shit up or not. Challenge put out there. Pay us money. <laughs> <laughs> right. That is right. always the challenge. Uh, if you guys like what you're hearing, uh, if you click in the description, there's a link. You can sponsor us on anchor.fm. Uh, dollar a month, whatever you can give us will help. Uh, you know, and who knows, if we get enough money, maybe we can get somebody from Limp Bizkit on here. You know, probably not Fred Durst, but maybe the bass player or the the drummer we might be able to. But, you know, we can only do it if you guys like what we're doing. So let us know. Review, rate. I'm not going to go over it again. Any final words on Faith or anything, um, Rick? Well, I guess it would be nice. But not your body. That makes me sad. Well, he's Rick Wimmer. Man, that's Paul Schroyer. We're two sides and a biscuit. Good night. The squirrel was magic.